the last uh, few weeks, we've been talking about the pillars of church project and a little bit of interesting stuff about our church and what we're doing. Typically, we go through expository teaching, and next week, uh, Aaron will be starting a new book um, in the Bible, and uh, so we'll be looking forward to that. I don't even have any idea. He told me it was going to be a surprise, so look forward to that next week. Um, but, you know, I wanted just to talk today about this message of, and, I, and I'm calling, and I don't like I don't like naming messages because I think that's sometimes a little crazy, but um, this message um, is going to be a little bit of a tough one, I think, for some people because it was tough for me to prepare for it, even though I thought, oh, this is a good message. Um, it was a little tough on me personally as I went through this. So some of the things I'm going to say might strike a chord with you, um, might cause some sort of emotional response, and that's okay. Um, the main thing I want to be at the end of this, I want you to feel the love of Jesus and how he speaks into these areas of your life and how we are able to overcome some of these things. Um, so today's message, and before, again, um, it's, it's called The Schemes of the Devil and How He Is Out to Destroy Us. And we talked about that a little uh, the last couple weeks. Uh, I remember Ryan come up here talking about the cows um, and the little eyeballs on the, the rear ends of the cows. That was an interesting uh, little story. Um, it's stuck in my mind. I'll probably never le- lose that. Um, but um, some people don't even believe that there is a devil or that there is an enemy. Um, and that's, a, you know, that's, that's scriptural that there is. Um, there's many verses to support it. But before I get going, I want to just, I want to reference three of them. Um, James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Um, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And then Ephesians 4.27, it says, and give no opportunity to the devil. So there's, there's four things that I came up with, four, and they all start with the letter D, on how the devil or the enemy is trying to devour us, destroy our lives. And the first one is distraction. The next one that I wrote down was deception. The third one is discouragement. And then finally, the fourth one is division. And I'll be going through each one of these. The first one, again, is distraction. So I'm building this uh, message around Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. And I'm probably not going to read all of that now. Um, but if you have a little blue Bible, they're at the end of the row. And this is our gift to you if you're a guest here. It's on page 673. And we did, again, recently go through this book um, here at Church Project, Ephesians. But this, this is one of those verses, I don't know about you, if you've studied Christianity and studied the Bible, um, we, we're all told to put on the full armor of God. And, um, and some of this is a little bit confusing. It takes a little bit more to get into your, just your mindset of, like, how do I actually do that? What does that even look like? And so yesterday when I was at, um, I was at a message yesterday morning, and a couple of you guys were there, um, the speaker said something that I'd never heard before, and it was actually kind of funny, but I think it's kind of true. He said... Um, we have a whole bunch of Christian streakers. And what he meant by that was that we have a whole bunch of people running around with the helmet of salvation on, but nothing else. <laughs> and I'd never heard that before, and I thought it was funny. And I'm like, unfortunately, my mind goes to a certain movie with Will Ferrell, um, and that's my, my vision of that. But I was thinking the more I thought about that the last 24 hours, I'm like, yeah, no, that's pretty true. We get our salvation, our get out of... Uh, hell free card, and then we just run around and we don't really equip ourselves, and then we get into all this other stuff. So um, you can, 
probably take that out of your mind if you can. And let's look at the scriptures here. Ephesians 6.10. And it says, this is Paul speaking to the church. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I'm going to stop right there because I'm going to go through the rest of these verses throughout the message. But we have an enemy. He wants to destroy us and take us away from what God's purpose for our life would be. And one of the first ways that I think he does this, as I thought about this, was distractions, being distracted. And the antidote for being distracted is, is focus. And even what April said about Haiti and how, hey, this distraction, I mean, I would call a hurricane more than a distraction to me and the destruction and devastation that goes on with it. But we probably can have an analogy of a hurricane in our life and something that's come through our life and maybe distracting us for what God's call is. Um, and or maybe there's something we need to learn in that, in that hurricane. But we are, I believe, as Americans, probably the most distracted group of people in the history of all mankind. And it probably starts with, and again, I have teenage daughters, or one's actually 20 now, but it starts with this little thing in my pocket called my cell phone and social media and these screens, all right? So how many hours do teenagers, and so mostly college folks in here, how many hours do you do teenagers spend on media per day? And by the way, you can be doing two things at once. We let that count. You can be looking at your phone and watching TV, so that would double count. How many hours per day? In America, in a recent study, they say nine hours per day. Nine hours per day. Okay. That's one distraction, which I've found myself recently even falling into that, looking at Facebook. Next thing you know, I'm supposed to be reading my Bible, and I'm 15 minutes into Facebook before I'm even, I could have been done reading my Bible. And what have I learned? Nothing, usually. There's a few good things on there, but most of it is, is not very good. It's just distraction. The other thing, this is on guys, um, this is one of my big distractions, is sports. In 2002, so this is already way old data, the NFL found that the average male surveyed spent nearly seven hours a week watching its product. Those numbers have no doubt grown over the last decade with the advent of huge flat screen and high definition TVs, Red Zone Channel, and fantasy football as, as fantasy football has become more popular. So sports, definitely a distraction um, for me, um, maybe for many of you. Sports can be a, a distraction if you're an athlete. It can become an idol for you. Um, your identity can get wrapped up in that. So then I was asking um, my wife what distracts women. Um, and I was like, okay, I know what distracts me and stuff like that. I'm like, what, what's a distraction for women? Um, and where do you spend time, you know, that sort of thing. And so I found this. She said something, and uh, you can blame her for this. I'm not attacking you guys. Um, on Monday, and this is a little old data, a new AOL Ideal Real Body Image Survey was released, and it shows that people are giving up one of their most precious possessions, time, in exchange for their looks. The survey asked more than 2,000 adults and 200 teenagers over the age of 16 how much attention they dedicate to their appearance and its effect on their daily lives. The study found that women spend 335 hours or two weeks on their hair and makeup per year, which equates to about 55 minutes a day. So the way you look, women, you know, we like you to look nice, um, is a distraction probably from maybe some other things that you, you could be spending some time on. Um, politics. How much time are we spending right now on politics? A lot of the time. 
Way too much time on the Fox News channel for me. Um, there's many other things that are distracting us. I mean, there, there's a lot of different things. Um, maybe in college, it's your focus on um, either finding a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or um, your major or different things like that that are distracting you. Um, you know, in our career, maybe you're chasing that next rung on the corporate ladder. You need to get to that next level, and all your time and energy, you're focused on that. Or, you know, um, maybe it's the bigger house that you're trying to get and those sorts of things. These are all, these are all normally, anything by itself is okay. But too much of any good thing becomes a bad thing because you make it an idol and you start wrapping your identity up in that. And it distracts us from our purpose in God and what we're called to do in Him. And so these distractions, you know, again, you know, even when I was thinking about this, I'm like, oh, you know, this one's not that big a deal as I was writing this down. But then I thought about a recent story about distraction in a practical sense. We had some friends um, that were just driving home, you know, casually. We all drive a car, right, most of us. Um, And I don't know what the distraction was, but it had to be something because they blew right through a stop sign and get get T-boned. And praise God that they're going to be okay, but they're in serious suffering and pain for just a split-second distraction in their life. So if a distraction in your car can cause you to die, what are these distractions in our life causing us that we're spending much more time being distracted with in our relationship with God and with other people in the body of Christ? What are those distractions doing? So the verse that ties back into that from um, the Ephesians 6 um, this is verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So we do need to pick up this armor of God to be able to stand firm and not be distracted. We need to be focused on what God's calling is for our life. And so the question I would have for each one of us just to ponder is, how has the enemy distracted you from living out your purpose for God? I'm going to say that again. How has the enemy distracted you from living out your purpose for God? God has a very specific purpose for your life, to bring him glory, and it's through loving people and loving him. And this is one of the big questions of life, but how has the enemy distracted you from living out your purpose for God? Okay, the next one I'm moving on to is how the enemy likes to deceive us. So deception, anything that are lies. We are all deceived in some way, some more than others. Um, what lie are you believing right now that does not align with God's truth? Example, if I work hard, have a nice house and a nice car, then my American dream will be complete and I will be joyful. Honestly, I, I did all those things, and I'm not joyful because of those things. That was my main push, especially when I was in college and my early part of my career. Pursue that, pursue money, pursue things at the expense of people. And even right now, no matter where you're at, if you're pursuing those things and you're not looking around at the people in your life, the relationships, it's, that's a deception. Here's another example of um, believing something that's not maybe God's word. So when you listen to some form of gossip about your friend and then get angry, and then later you find out that was not even true. But in your heart, you got really mad and upset and frustrated because you heard something that might have been this. That was a lie. Later, you find out it's not true, and you're like, oh, wow, why did I get so upset about that? 
And again, we don't probably do the things we need to do, go to the person we think we actually are offended with and find out the truth. Because we know how communication works. Once you get past two or three people, it gets a little muddy. Here's another one. Um, this one ties into my own personal story. Before I was a believer, I was thinking about this. How was I deceived before I knew Jesus? And the, one of the ways I was deceived was I thought, you know what? I'm a good person. I do mostly good things. I'm not that bad. So at the end of time, you know what? God's, you know, God, I know there's God and there's a scale thing and Weston's good works are going to way outweigh Weston's bad works because, you know, I'm a good guy. I do nice things, you know? That's a lie. That lie without Jesus Christ will leave many people separated from him for eternity. And it doesn't lead to joy. It doesn't lead to happiness. Um, it's actually just about pride. Hey, I'm, I'm pretty good. I think I'm better than I am. We need to understand who God is and who we are in that relationship. So another example of deception, um, when, this, is, this is another great example. All of us struggle with something because um, we, we're all sinful and we're all broken people. And so this is one, especially for guys, especially for men, um, when, you, when you think that the secret sin like pornography won't hurt anybody, when we think, oh, you know what, this is just a private little sin and not going to hurt anybody else, that's a lie of the devil, and we're believing that, that it doesn't I- impact or hurt other people. And so we, we hold that in, and we don't want to tell anyone about it, and we just want to keep on going thinking it's not going to hurt anybody. It's going to hurt some people, and you're going to get found out. You know, I know people are probably making fun of this whole Trump thing and the microphone and all this nonsense. Guess what? At the end of the time, we're going to stand before the Lord, and he's going to have an HD video of our life of everything we've ever said, done, or thought. And we're going to have to answer for that. That's going to be a real rough day. Praise be to Jesus who has sacrificed for us and loves us. And we can overcome that. I'll talk more about that here in a minute. So here's another one, another deception. A lot of us are pretending to be something that we're not. We want to look good. We want to feel, look like we have it all together. We want to just do all these things. You know what? It's okay to be humble. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to admit your mistakes, because guess what? We're all making them. And as the body of Christ, especially, I believe this should be a safe place that we can do that in, and that we can share with one another in house church or on a one-on-one discipleship meeting that you, who you are, really, and work on that. John 8, says, and this is the devil speaking, uh, speaking about lies, you are your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Another verse uh, about the devil and lying. Acts 13.10. You, son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight path of the Lord? The enemy has been about lying from the beginning. And there's a verse I'll, I'll touch in in a minute on that. But that is one of his main weapons, is deception and lies. And I'd encourage all of you, if you haven't done it, one of the, my favorite studies is the Truth Project um, by Focus on the Family of the Focus Institute. If you, if you haven't done that, I encourage you to take a look at that. Focus, it's called the Truth Project. It really opened my eyes and people have seen it eyes to all the deception that we, we believe. Even the little things that we think, oh, no, that's right. 
man, we're just all the time there's deception out there that we're getting um, fed. So anyways, I'd encourage you to do that. So tying this verse or this section on deception into our verses in Ephesians. So Ephesians uh, 6.14 says, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So my question for you is, how has the enemy deceived you and what are you going to do not to buy that lie next time? So how has the enemy deceived you and what are you going to do not to buy that lie next time from the enemy? Okay, moving on to the third D, discouragement. The anecdote of this is encouragement um, and trust in God's promises, putting your hope in the Lord. Um, discouragement comes in many different uh, fashions. Um, anxiety, depression, which leads a lot of times in some people's cases to suicide. Um, these can be from believing the devil's lies, this discouragement. Um, the, the, Aaron talked the other, the other day, uh, last week, I think, about you're your own best counselor and what is, your, what is running through your mind. And I've been thinking about that a lot. What is the tape playing in my mind? You talk to yourself more than anybody else. What is that tape saying? Is it telling me encouragement? Is it telling me truth? Is it telling me things that are, are God's word? Or is it telling me lies that we, we just talked about in the other area? Um, so things like you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not wealthy enough, you're not, you know, all these things. You aren't worthy at the end of the day. You're not worthy of a, a Savior that would die for you on the cross. These are all just lies that the enemy uses to discourage us. And so, um, you know, this, this, this was brought up yesterday in this meeting too, and, I, and I've heard this before, but this is, this is one of the great questions of life that I think helps us work out some of these things. And it is two things. It is who is God? And who am I? Who is God and who am I? Because when we figure out who God is and who I am in his story, then a lot of these other things will go away and we can be encouraged. And I love, um, I love one of the songs that we sing here that, that Jeremy wrote, I believe this, and it says, I'm a child of God, I'm a chosen one. I have the power of God and I am strong. Those are encouraging words. Those are truth from Scripture about who we really are and how we really should live. Anxiety and depression is becoming, I think, an epidemic in our, um, in our society. And I've personally struggled with anxiety. Uh, when I came to start working here at the school, all of a sudden I started having panic attacks and uh, all kinds of things. And it, looking back on my life after going to see a counselor and seeing some things, I realized what the weakness areas were and areas that I'd, again, bought some lies or been distracted or been discouraged. Um, but it's a real thing. Here at the school, there was one year, I think it was my first year, there was like, in our high school and middle school of about, say, 140 kids, we had 10 kids that were somewhere in some level of depression, anxiety, or even considering suicide. And for only 140 kids, that was a lot. And I didn't understand what that is. Now more and more, especially for um, young folks, the anxiety that you guys are being put under um, and the stress and the pressure and all these things, it's significant, and I don't understand, I don't have the answer for it, but I think part of it is, again, maybe going back to that distraction thing, we're, we're taking in too much garbage from the culture through media and through social media and TV and stuff like that, and we're not putting in enough of God's truth through his word, through prayer, and through other believers speaking into our life. So we got this unbalanced thing going on, and if the enemy is trying to deceive and lie to us, all it does is create that internal anxiety in our, in our hearts and our minds, again, distracting us from God's purpose for our life. 
And I don't have an answer for all that. I'm going to give you some suggestions here at the end, hopefully, to be encouragement. But um, we got to remember who we are. And in, in Genesis 1.27, right in the very beginning of the, of the great book, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are image bearers. We reflect who God is. And that is one of our purposes on, on this life. And in Genesis 1.27, we hadn't had the fall yet. Okay? Um, so we are image bearers. We cannot forget that. We are saints. We are the priesthood. We have a purpose. So in Ephesians 6.16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So all those lies and all the fear and all the shame and all that stuff, we need to take up the shield of faith in what we believe in Christ to fight the evil one. So right, the question I have in this area for you is, what is your biggest discouragement? What are you struggling with right now? What is, what is the thing right now that just got you down? Um, again, maybe it was you, you bombed a test last week. Maybe it's a relationship with your family. I don't, I don't know. There's something right now that's probably a major discouragement. And I, I, want you to, I want you to do something about it. Who can speak life into this area of your life with words of encouragement? Make the phone call today, right after this thing after church. Who can, who can, who can speak truth into that? There's a person that you know that can speak truth in that. I would, I would highly encourage you to seek that person out. Maybe they're in this room and they can help you even today. Um, even at the end of this time, I'll mention it now, um, uh, Jeff and Ginger are going to be back there in the corner um, when we're doing worship. If you feel that you want prayer for one of these areas, you can go back there and they'll be happy to pray for you. So now that we get to, you know, we've been distracted, um, we've been deceived, and we've been discouraged. The final death blow from the enemy comes with division. So now we're pretty weak if we're doing all three of those areas. And now he's going to come in and divide us in our relationships. And so um, this is a, a major problem because this is where the church, we get a bad rep because we like to shoot our own. We like to talk negative about other Christians, and let alone non-believers. Um, and we just start basically feeding on ourselves and imploding. And it's all about division. So this year at the school, um, me and my leadership team, we chose a verse um, regarding around unity. Well, that's the opposite of division is unity. You come bring people together. And um, I can tell you the enemy has been battling against that unity that we've declared that we want to be ever since we said that we, that's what we're going to do. So um, it's been a challenge um, specifically working with different people and, and we have some new people and things like that. But the enemy is fighting against us in our unity. And he's fighting against our unity even amongst this body probably. And it goes all the way down to the micro level of your, of your family, your spouse, um, maybe your brother and sister, maybe your best friend. I don't know. He wants, to, he wants to divide us. So division always has to do with relationships. Division in your home with a spouse or a child. Division at your work with other t- members of your team. Division with your friends. Division at the church. Um, and a, division for me, I think, usually comes down to us not getting our way. What if we focus more on what God wants in a particular situation and not our own wants? The verse that we have here at the school is in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Paul speaking here says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, 
with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Another verse on unity um, that, that I think is so important is Ecclesiastes 4.12. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Um, this area of division is so important, and that verse right there, I think about my focus right has been for the last probably two years has been on men who are just alone, who get distracted, who get discouraged and deceived, and they start thinking they can live life on their own, and they separate sometimes from their families, um, and, they, and they get completely alone and isolated. Right now, every one of us, I believe, could think of somebody that is that guy. Oh, he used to be here at Church Project, or he used to come to my, my small group meeting, or what's going on? That person has been beaten down by all these Ds and is very at risk for doing things that are not good. And so um, I've been thinking of ways, to how do I reach out to guys like that? Um, I've been blessed. I have, I have guy friends um, that I can talk to about real things. And if you're a guy and you don't have a real friend that you can share real things with, then I, I would encourage you, you've you got to find one, and you've got to find one quickly because it's super important. And I'm sure the same thing goes for women as well. I think it's the same, same process. Uh, when we are alone is when we are most at risk. And so that's uh, my encouragement to you there. Ephesians 6.15 says, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is what can help us get through the division. So my question for you in this section is, what is one relationship that you are not in the unity that you should be in according to God's word? What is the one relationship or what is one relationship that you are not in the unity that you should be in according to God's word? And my question is, what are, are you the problem? What is the first step you need to take to reconcile this relationship? So I encourage you with that. What, what is the first step? It's just one step. So those are the four things, again, um, distraction, deception, discouragement, division. Is how the schemes of the devil will try to destroy us. And so what are we going to do about it? Well, um, you know, for me personally, I asked the question that kind of came to my mind to encourage you was, do you have a spiritual growth plan? And this would be a strategic and intentional plan to become more like Jesus, more Christ-like. Do you have one? I bet you made plans to get through college. I bet you made plans to get your next mortgage or to get your next, your next bump in your career. I bet we made a lot of plans to do a lot of different things. Your plans even for where you're going to go to lunch after this service. But do you have a plan for your personal spiritual growth? I'd encourage you to do that. My plan would look like this. These are the things that I do. Prayer. Prayer is our lifeline to God. We need to make it normal as our breathing in and out. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Prayer not only for you personally, but prayer for those in your life. Prayer for Aaron 
and Lauren and their girls. We need to pray for our leaders. You should put it on your calendar. Pray for Aaron. Another, the next one is community. We need to be in relationship with God, Father, Son, and Spirit. Uh, you need to be in relationship with other believers. That's what we do here at church. Sunday gatherings right now, house churches throughout the week, um, ministry partnerships, getting our hands dirty, praying for those people that lead our many effective ministries in our community. So in community with the Holy Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit, I think, is here to help and guide us and lead us in this area. And John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. Romans eight twenty seven says, And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So you're not alone in this. If you're a believer in Jesus, the Holy Spirit will help guide you. So the third thing is Bible reading. We must spend time in God's Word, intentionally seeking His will for our lives. That one's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Um, it's been the best habit, best discipline I've ever had as far as a believer is just reading God's Word on a consistent, intentional basis. And then finally, uh, number four, serving others. We must be doing our faith. As we learned in James, faith is action. It's not just sitting here listening to a message right now. Um, it's not a spectator sport. Church has never meant to be a spectator sport. We can go do that at 2 o'clock. But... Um, Faith is action. What are we doing with our faith? Okay? And so we must be doing our faith, loving God and loving others. The Christian faith calls for us to do this. Um, I'd encourage each of you this week, take some time to write down your spiritual growth plan, what that might be. It doesn't need to be elaborate. It can be simple. We want to be biblical, simple, and relevant here. We can make that. So as I wrap up, I kind of want to go through this last little part that's really important, um, especially for, and I don't know all of you in this room. I don't know where all you're at in your, your faith journey. Some of you may be uh, way down the road. Some of you may just be seeking who is this Jesus and where you're at. Uh, I don't know where you're at. So um, for all of us, the gospel message is important right now because guess what? I can't do any of those. I can't battle the devil if I don't understand the gospel and what it means in my life. Um, I can't do those things that I might put down on my, my growth plan if I don't have the Holy Spirit and Jesus in me helping me live out those things. It's not about just doing more or trying harder. We can't, we can't do it alone. So I want to say you're right. We can't do this alone. But in Christ, we can do all of this through the power of the Holy Spirit in relationships with the body of Christ. Maybe you're thinking, who is this devil? Well, he is the enemy of God that deceived Adam and Eve in the garden separating mankind from right relationship with Jesus. Since this time, man has been trying to get right with God by following rules. But God, is a better plan, but God had a better plan, and sent his son Jesus, who was fully man and fully God, to live a sinless life and die a sacrificial death to bring us back into right relationship with God. Our sin required a payment, and he made this payment for us. He rose from the dead, conquering death, and promised this eternal life for those who believe in him. He is coming back to make all things new and right, he will cast the devil and his demons into the fiery lake to be destroyed once and for all. He will take his followers, those who believe in his name, to the new heaven, and those who do not will be separated from God for all eternity. Do you believe this? Have you made the confession of faith in Jesus? Then have, 
then you have all that you need to withstand the schemes of the devil. If you've made that confession, we have all we need in, in Christ. If you not believed in Jesus, then you will still be at significant risk and your eternity weighs in the balance. At this time, I'd just like to pray for, you, pray for us all as the, as the worship team comes up. Like I said, when I'm done praying um, and the worship team's playing, there'll be prayer for you uh, in the back. Um, and also when I'm done praying, um, this is the time you can go get your children from Project Kids and bring them back here and worship with us. So join me in a word of prayer. If you want to close your eyes and if the guys can grab the lights. Um, this is the time that we just come before the Lord and ask for his uh, wisdom and his spirit to move in us. So, Father, thank you for this time together this morning with this group of people, Lord. Uh, we love you. Um, and we come before you right now, Lord, and we admit um, that we have, uh, we have uh, fallen for some of these schemes of the devil at different times in our lives. Maybe we're falling for them right now, Lord. We've, we've been distracted by this American culture. Lord, we have been deceived uh, by the lies of the enemy. We've been discouraged and listened to, that, listened to his negative words run through our minds when they have no place there, Lord. And Father, finally, we've been divided. We've been way too divided. And God, I ask right now that you would mend these areas and mend um, the areas of division, that we may come back together as one body, strong in you. Father, you've given us so much in this life. You've made us image bearers of you, the holy, mighty God and King. What a privilege it is to be called sons and daughters of the Most High and to be promised the internal inheritance with you. But Father, we're not there yet. You have a plan for us. You have a purpose for each one of us in this room. You've called us out of that darkness and into light so that we may just live in you, for you, to bring you glory. And God, you are so great. And we want to rejoice in all those promises. And Lord, right now, I just ask for supernatural protection from the enemy. Protect our hearts, guarded above all else, that we may not believe the lies of the enemy. Father, you are so good to us. And today, we want to rejoice and praise you in song and worship and prayer. And, and Father, if anyone here today needs a special word of encouragement, needs special prayer, Lord, I pray that they would have lay down their pride and surrender and go and get prayer from Ginger and Jeff or maybe a friend. And for the people that need to reconcile a relationship, Lord, would they make that phone call after this service? For those of us that need to get a little more intentional about our, our growth, may we write something down today and, and, and have someone call up a friend or a buddy and ask, us, ask them to hold us accountable, mutual accountability with, you, with each other. It's so awesome. So Father, we just give the rest of this day to you. We thank you for your love for us. You are so great. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.